This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. Okay, maybe God's not calling you to plant a church, but, but may, you have your homes, you have your living rooms. Uh, and every week it's just you sitting out there with hot pockets watching TV. Let's make use of it, especially at a time right now where, you know, people are isolated. People are, they're looking for company, they're looking for fellowship. What if, what if we as a church, and this was a couple of months ago, before, before the COVID thing hit, uh, God was giving me a, a vision for this, of, of a hybrid home church. Now, a lot of people aren't, you know, ready to, to lead a church, to plant a church, and to teach every single week. But I was thinking, what, what would it look like if you opened your living rooms once a month, man, just once a month? Invite your neighborhood. Invite your neighbors for a barbecue after church. Be like, hey, man, we don't get to go out. We don't get to hang out. You know what? My house is going to be open. We're going to have church together. This crazy Indian guy, he yells and he spits when he speaks. He sprays it. He doesn't say it. Um, but but it's, it's, really, it's, it's, it's really convicting, and God's really been helping me grow over here. And after that, we'll have a barbecue. And if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to. Listen to me. If we invest, cast our lives on as many people as we can. It's okay if you make a fool of yourself. It's okay if you have to dip into your savings. It's one life, one day disaster will come. This life is going to be gone. Honk, honk, you're there at the harbor. It's time for you to get off. What are you going to do? Man, if our homes can turn into churches, if our lives can turn into pulpits, if, 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 if everything we do, if our jobs can be an opportunity for the billboard for the grace of God, I wonder what the kingdom of God will look like here in the Treasure Valley. Enough of, enough of talking, enough of talking of, and waiting for a preacher with ripped jeans to come and fire you guys up. Now it's time for us to go out into the world. I've been praying this week that, man, there are so many neighborhoods represented over here. And there are so many empty chairs. And I wonder if these empty chairs represent your living rooms. Because those people that you talk to, man, they, they would never want to come over here and sit over here and, and, and go through this whole thing. But who knows, maybe they'll be open to come to a barbecue in your backyard when the weather's good. And if you need, if you need help with that, we would love to help you with that. I, I mean, talk to George. We'd love to help you with that. Right, George? Whenever you engage in kingdom work, you are offering the Holy Spirit something that can be used to save people's souls. Wouldn't you love that? Wouldn't you love that, that... You, maybe you're a brand new believer over here. But wouldn't you love that, that as soon as you said yes to Jesus, he's like, okay, man, get in the mission field now. I got to use you. I know what it's like to be rejected by my dad. I know what it's like to be rejected in sports because I still suck at it. And I'm glad that they didn't take me because I made a fool of myself. I know what it's rejected to be, to, as a musician even. Like that, that's been one of my passions. And I know what it's like to be rejected. It's really hard. But I want to know, God is not rejecting you this morning. You might be an unbeliever over here and he's inviting you to a new relationship with him. You might be a believer that's living in shame and he's inviting you to a great adventure, an expedition in faith in him. Answer the call and say, Jesus, how do you want, how do you want to use me? I'm ready. My home, my life, my finances, my passion, my talents, my insecurities, my failures, use it. Amen, anyone? Yes, Lord, I want that. Good. Number two, there's no such thing as the perfect weather for the adventure of life. As I speak this, okay, kids, I want to talk to you. You might think that, Joel, I love this. I'm going to save this message. I'm going to listen to it when I'm 18 years old and I have my own apartment. Okay. Who knows? You might die when you're 15. Sorry, parents. Oh, I know. Oof. Went to the dark side very quick with that, right? You might be working now and saying, I'll just wait till I retire. You might not make it till retirement. You might be sitting at home and saying, let my health get better, then I'll answer the call to live this great adventure. 
you might not make it tomorrow. You might not make it this evening. There's no such thing as perfect weather for the adventure of life. You know, um, I'll give you an illustration of my life, okay? I hate winter. And all the Californians said amen, right? They're like, yep, we too, right? This is, we're like the Israelites, right? It's like, man, Egypt was so great. You know, the, the meat and the garlic and the onions. Yeah, you forgot the whipping and the bricks. And Californians were like, the beach was so great. Yeah, you forgot the terrible government and the crazy traffic and the crazy taxes and how expensive one onion was. You had to sell two children for one onion. Right. But the onions were so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate winters, okay? Uh, mostly, mostly because... I can't ride my motorcycle, and I, I, it drives me nuts. I'm like, come on, man. You know, and so sometimes I go in the garage and I start my bike up. At least I can smell the fumes of it, and then I get dizzy, and I'm like, okay, this is bad for me. No, I'm kidding. I don't do that. But I do start my bike. I hate winters, man. It's terrible. And so I'm waiting for summer so I could go ride, right? And then summer comes around, and Idaho is so crazy because it's blistering hot. It's like you're right in, neighbor, in the neighborhood of hell, right? It's like, oh, man, it's so hot. So I hate hot summers, too. So in winter, I'm looking forward to summer, and in summer, I'm like, man, I wish it would cool off a little bit, right? And life sometimes is like that. You're waiting for the right opportunity, and it's never going to come. Solomon's going to say, you've tried so hard, you've tried so hard, and you can spend the rest of your life looking at all the things that you failed at. Like for me, it could be like, man, I tried riding in winter, got frostbite. I tried riding in summer, and I got sunburned. Yeah, I can get sunburned too. My skin is turned into a wimp. You know, it's like Idaho winters did that to me. Look at Solomon. He's going to paint this beautiful picture. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. He's saying, yeah, in the winter, duh, you're going to be cold. In the summer, duh, you're going to be hot. He's saying, if the clouds are full of rain, duh, it's going to rain. And if a tree falls in your path, it's not going to grow legs and crawl out of your way. You've got to get a chainsaw, enjoy the fumes of it, and cut it down, right? And then he's going to paint a picture of a farmer. It says, he who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. This is the picture. The farmer, he's like me, right? That waiting for winter, waiting for summer. And he goes out there, he's got seed in his hand. And he sees the clouds. And he's looking at the tree. The tree probably fell down from a previous storm that came. And he spends his whole life, he's, it says he, he observes the clouds and observes the trees. He's observing the wind, he's observing this, he's observing this, he's observing the wind. I mean, weathermen, they're always wrong, right? He's like, okay, where's it going to go? And what happens in the process? He's looking at that, he's looking at this, he's looking at that, he's looking at this, he's got seed in his hand, and the seed is staying in his hand and not on the ground. And that's not going to bear any fruit. The adventure of life doesn't have a perfect season or a perfect weather. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 2, we saw that a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what's planted. This farmer does not know what time it is. Do you? You see, you have seed in your hand, which is your life. And I'm sure that in your life, there have been trees and there have been clouds. The title, I've tried so hard. There have been trees, there have been clouds. But don't spend your whole life observing the clouds and the fallen trees. There's no such thing as perfect weather. Oftentimes I've noticed this, and I'm sure you have too. You pay so much attention to your failures. You pay so much attention to the things and the areas where you failed, and you completely miss the opportunity that God's opening up for you. Many times I find myself talking to people who spend so much time having to go to counseling, 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 not looking at all the blessings that God's put in front of us, all the opportunities God's put in front of us. There's no such thing as perfect weather for the adventure of life. We saw this last week or two weeks ago in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 18. It says, through sloth, that's laziness, the roof sinks in. 
and through indolence, that's avoidance, the house leaks. Here's a guy who's waiting for perfect weather to go fix his roof. And what happens? He's lazy, he's slothful. Before he can pull the ladder, the roof caves in on him and he dies. That guy who keeps waiting for the right opportunity to sow will never reap. Listen to me. Your life has to be a generous investment, a wise investment into the kingdom of God in people's lives. It's okay if you don't see a return. Because when you serve the Lord, is it in vain? No, it's not in vain. So, question for you, my dearly bro beloved brothers and sisters in Christ, real genuine question for you. What are the clouds and trees in your life that's stopping you? What's that, what's that weather you're waiting for that's never going to come, that might never come? And what are the trees and clouds in your life that's stopping you from entering into this great adventure that God's calling you to? I'll tell you, for me, there's a lot of insecurity of my education, insecurity of the way I speak, sometimes insecurity of the way I look, because I'm not funny, I just look that way. Okay? You're like, should I laugh, should I not, should I laugh, should I not? It's okay, you can. I'll go home and cry about it, it's all right. No. I have insecurities because, you know, I'm in a foreign land. I do not know how to do things. Sometimes I look like a fool even just trying to eat a meal because I'm like, do you cut it? Do you eat it? Do you, I, I don't know what to do with this, right? So I'm watching my wife. I don't know what your clouds and trees are. But would you write that down and ask God to help you to take your eyes off of that and to focus on the adventure that he has for you. Some of you, you might have very deep embedded insecurities because of your upbringing. Sometimes parents, we mean good things but we say it the very wrong way and it can scar you for life. Sometimes those things are the fallen trees in our life that stand in the way that has your attention and you're so scared to start sowing your life. You're worried about, man, would the rain come, would the clouds come, would I fail? And I'll tell you this, it's better for you to fail. It's better for you to fail taking giant steps of faith than to sit comfortably and never reap the benefits of faith. It's better for you to fail taking giant steps of faith. I remember once preaching many years ago. Um, I hated it, man. Oh my gosh, I hated it so much when churches try to act like a business. And they made me write, you know, my goals and visions and stuff like that, which I think goals and visions are good. But then we had to have this, like, you know, achievable time thing. And, and the more and more I prayed about it, I said, I kind of hate writing my goals because I want my goal to be so big that I fail. And so I wrote, I want 1,000 youth to be saved this year. Right? And of course they laughed at me and I was like, well, that's my goal. That's, what I'm, that's how I'm going to preach. That's how I'm going to lead ministry. I want 1,000 kids to be saved this year. And I remember telling the church, I said, man, our goals should be so big that you know that you're going to fail if you're going to do it on your own strength. And I believe that God honored that passion, that God honored that faith. And I think that's why I'm here today. C.H. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, he was talking to a young preacher once and the young preacher said, he said, every time you preach, people are saved. How do you do that? And Charles Spurgeon says, well, you can't expect people to be saved every time you preach. And he said, well, well, yeah, of course, not every time. He says, that's the problem. You don't realize that this word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's alive and it wants to bring life. And every time you preach, you don't recognize that it has the potential to change lives, to change nations, to change leaders, to change families. And you've got to have that intensity when you get into it. And with your life, it's the same way too. When God's calling you for an adventure, he's not just saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to be an unseen landlord. You figure it out. And then when you fail, I'll come and pick you up. Every step of the way, he wants to use you to bring life into this dead world. We've got to realize that God is the one who's calling us. I forget who it was. I think it was um, one of the Wesley brothers that said that. He says, no matter what comes my way, if I know that Jesus is praying for me, that's enough. 
Man, he's given us everything that we need for us to be successful in this life. Stop looking at the clouds. Stop looking at the trees. He's given you his word. He's given you the Holy Spirit. Let's live this life to its fullest extent. Okay, I'm going to jump to the third point real quick because otherwise we're running out of time. Okay? Um, the third thing he says is the great adventure of life can be a fascinating mystery to be enjoyed or a misery that will be regretted. You know, this is beautiful, right? I mean, what a, what a beautiful uh, message I think this is that will encourage you to, to live this life to its fullest. But it also has to come with its fair warning of saying, listen, man, this adventure, it can be a fascinating mystery that you can enjoy or a misery that you will regret. There are times when God will walk me through hard times to see the, the title of this message, I tried so hard. I tried so hard. God walks me through hard times to see the I in my trying. And he says, you are trying so hard in your flesh. And sometimes he walks me through hard times so I can get my eyes off of the I and fix my eyes on him. You know, God... He invites us to this adventure, but he has to be the captain of your adventure. He has to be the captain of your expedition. You cannot do it on your own. If you've ever been out in nature, which by the way looks like a lot of people are going out, man, the road to McCall is always crowded. It's crazy. It's really hard to go for a ride and not be stuck behind traffic, right? It's crazy. But if you go, go look at nature, the reason why we're fascinated with nature and trees and snow and mountains and stuff is because it makes you feel insignificant. It's something that typically in your workplace, in your family, you don't get to feel. You, it makes you feel small and it, you realize that there's something much more greater than you. And God is a God of unlimited creativity. I mean, try to fathom that, okay? Unlimited creativity. Uh, we went for a ride a couple of days ago and, and I was just looking at the trees, man. And every time I look at the trees, it's almost like God gave the mountains a beautiful haircut. You know, it's like beautifully layered it and it's just fascinating, different colors. It's so amazing when you look at those trees just pointing up. And, um, and we were in McCall, and, and I couldn't, just couldn't get over how beautiful it was. And nature fascinates us because it points us to a creator. And in life, as you walk through life, God wants you to be fascinated with what he's calling you to, but he doesn't want you to live this on your own because he loves you. Not because he's a control freak. Because he says, listen, you need a captain for this adventure, and I have to be your captain. And, and that's why... As he walks you through life, sometimes he walks you through hard times so you'll take your eyes off of the eye and fix your eyes on the God with unlimited creativity. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. 